0: your host, Lindsay Schultz, founder of Feed Your Can, a lifestyle brand that empowers people with food allergies to live fully. You'll learn life hacks and mind snacks so you can thrive each day. You may need to restrict foods, but never the fun. Our kids navigate eight categories of food allergies altogether. We're learning every day. We refuse to let fear hold us back from living life. We welcome you to Feed Your Can, even when some foods, you just can't. I want to try something different today. I want to look at what brings us to our full potential. When we're talking about food allergies, we're really talking about survival. But there is this hierarchy that I want to unpack that really helps stair-step up from covering our basic needs to reaching our full potential. And in doing so, in unpacking this cool story... I was able to identify a lot of silver linings of food allergies along the way. I want to share those with you. There is a great lesson from looking at this whole journey and what we're trying to do to really reach our fullest potential. So let's start from the beginning. There's a hierarchy you may have heard of called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Abraham Maslow was an American psychologist, and he wanted to understand what motivated human beings. He proposed that our needs can be organized into a hierarchy. And it ranges from the very basic needs, which is the widest part of what he visualized as a pyramid, to the most abstract needs that ultimately stop at self fulfillment. He created this pyramid that starts with these physiological needs food, water, sleep, shelter, clothing. That's the base of the pyramid. Once those needs are met, We can then build upwards towards safety, which includes health, job security. And once again, we can move up towards love and belonging, which is how we establish relationships with family and friends. And ultimately, we work our way up towards this self-actualization or living to our fullest potential. Remember, the lowest part of that base or the widest part that supports the rest of the stages food, that being one of the basic physiological needs. And that also is the struggle that so many of us are facing with food allergies, because it really does feel like survival. Since food is literally what sustains us, and it's the starting point of that pyramid, how does a person then living with food allergies keep their head focused on their health, both in the sense of balancing their nutritional needs, but also in the hope of balancing emotions that are tied to food in everyday life. And ultimately, the aspiration is to be able to live your life a little bit more freely and fully. In that purest sense of the hierarchy, it really does feel like quite a lofty goal as you look up from the base towards the very point of that self-fulfillment. Especially when you look at the presumed hurdles and you're passing through, you know, those physiological needs with every meal being about Meeting your basic needs, keeping it safe, and then, of course, working towards relationship belonging along the way. Those are giant hurdles. After all, aren't most, if not all, social events tied to food? Isn't that how we as a society celebrate birthday parties, holidays, going out to eat, barbecues? So many opportunities for socializing and building those relationships involve food. These are some major hurdles to overcome constantly before we're achieving our full potential, right? This is what's so interesting because time and again, I've had the opportunity and privilege to interact with so many people who are living great lives while navigating food allergies. The very struggles that they're facing are shaping their character and are helping them achieve this self-fulfillment. The people who look at these struggles as a continuous motivation for growth, and they're continuing to have success conquering them along the way, they are moving towards self-actualization. And the skills they're picking up are serving them well for life. And these skills are training these people every single day to look at their food allergies, not always as a hindrance, but as the vehicle that's teaching them how to overcome really difficult times that are not necessarily food-related. Sometimes we have to flip the script and look for new narratives to the struggles. You probably hear me talk about silver linings and the saying, every cloud has a silver lining, meaning that difficult times are like dark clouds, they're passing overhead, they're blocking out the sunshine. But we know the sun is still there. It's just how we choose to see it. And just like the darkness that can cloud our vision as we struggle with food allergies, There are also signs of hope and light that I want to make more visible today. That's the purpose. We are going to unpack the silver linings because they are real. They're tangible. Let's count down from the top. Number 20. No is not a bad word. So many times in parenting, our kids hear no. I joke that kids are like little cave people because we're trying to civilize them. Me hungry. Me snack. No, you can't eat candy for dinner. Please eat with your fork. You have a napkin on your lap for a reason. Your pants are not a napkin. Little by little, we help shape and guide these little cave people to be civilized. We help shape and guide their boundaries and create these guardrails for safety to focus, one, on survival and two, on how to interact with the world. Of course, we like to try and say yes to if there's a safe scenario and no harm done. Can we stay up for five extra minutes tonight? Sure. Can we have a pajama day just because on Saturday? Why not? We pave the way for the yeses because we know that the no's are usually reserved for responses that come with a good reason why. Kids don't push boundaries for the sake of it. They are born explorers and curiosity hunters. This is where we put the tools out for them to explore. With food allergies, our kids look to us for clear boundaries. And they expect these guardrails if they have ever had a scare or a fear of reaction. Instead of seeing us as the no person, they look to no for more comfort as a way of staying safe, as long as we explain why. For the most part, this little experiment has led to kids who feel safer as healthy explorers, but they also know that if we say no, it's probably in their best interest, and there's probably a safety reason behind it. We tend to talk to kids with food allergies like they're older, and we lead with respect. It's a way of showing them we hear you, we see you, your opinions and ideas matter. But no, forks cannot go in the microwave for your lava experiment because they are going to start a fire, like a real hot lava mess with a fire pole and big red fire trucks hot mess. So that's the reason why. (laughs) You get it, though. No keeps our kids safe, and our kids understand this boundary. Silver lining number 19, mindfulness is an everyday practice. If we look at around us, anxiety is at an all-time high for our society and probably people in our lives. We are probably also experiencing a lot of worry. It doesn't seem to be slowing down. In the next five years, the global health industry, including alternative forms like meditation, acupuncture, breathing exercises, yoga, tai chi, chiropractic services will be up significantly. In fact, it's projected to be worth almost $300 billion. That is hockey stick exponential growth if you were to look at it on a chart for the next several years. Mindfulness has become a modern buzzword and a trend that is not slowing down. With food allergies, mindfulness is built into the experience. You don't just skate through life on autopilot, forgetting what, when, and how to eat. No, you carefully plan every meal. You stay present in the surroundings to keep your surfaces clean, and you watch carefully for any signs of stress. Is it without worry? No, it's not. But the act of focusing on the present is mindfulness. In fact, Jon Kabat-Zinn popularized this term in Western culture and linked it to the medical field. He created a program called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. He says mindfulness is the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. And for most people, mindfulness is something to aspire towards because we get caught up in the future, in the past, but we forget to just be still in the present. For people living with food allergies, the act of being present is super important, and it's a safety mandate. That is one more silver lining. Let's keep moving. Number 18, resilience muscles are strong. Resilience is a muscle. Both of these have something in common, and that is stress. Resilience is about how fast you recover from stress. Muscles are built from stress. Hear that again. Stress builds muscles. Tiny micro tears in the muscles, and the act of these little tears are repairing themselves. And that's preparing the muscles to handle the same type of exercise better the next time. So, in other words, muscles get more resilient if they are stressed or worked, meaning that the next time you do that same exercise, you won't get damaged as much. Pretty cool, right? Especially as you think about building resilience in everyday experiences, like with food allergies. Your stressful situations present these little micro tears that allow you to reflect on what you can take away, and then go build that into your muscle or your character. Your resilience muscles show up as faster recovery times. Why? Because you can't stop eating after an anaphylactic reaction. Even with traumatic experiences with food, you don't get the choice to just avoid all foods. You may avoid that one food, but through resilience training, you have to bounce back and get ready for the next meal. The quicker recovery time leads to these better skills and repeating it over and over for becoming adaptable and flexible as well, which are bonuses. And honestly, those could stand on their own as separate silver linings, but we'll just categorize them under resilience for now. Let's move to number 17 forgiveness for mistakes. Making mistakes with food allergies can have serious consequences. Since food is everywhere, we spend a lot of time, countless hours, and endless energy just working to avoid the dangers. And every so often we slip up. Sometimes the consequences are pretty mild, and sometimes they're more serious and more severe. These little mistakes and little nuances mean that we can learn from our situation to do better the next time. And sometimes in life, we avoid the dangers altogether because we're afraid of making mistakes. But we don't get that choice with avoiding to eat. Sure, we avoid certain foods. We don't get to just walk away from the topic altogether. And that's why the only way forward is forward. And the only way to find peace with mistakes is forgiveness. Sure, we can hold on to all of our negativity and those emotions. Eventually, though, they burden us so much and they slow us down that they become too heavy to carry. We find with food allergies that it's easier to just let go of the mistakes and turn them into a learning, a lesson. And when others make mistakes, we forgive them. We use that as an opportunity to teach and work together towards safety in the end. I know I have personally made mistakes in misreading labels, in trusting food, or in even believing people who tell me the ingredients are not included. But I've also forgotten to bring epinephrine when I leave the house, even though I have a sign on the door and different reminders all around me. We're human. I find a way to forgive myself or the others around me and work on a better system in place for the next time. Mistakes are proof we are trying. We have so many opportunities to learn and grow and give grace to others and ourselves because we are going to continue to stumble. That is just human nature. And it's what we do with that act of forgiveness and understand that with it comes a lesson that we can apply towards the next time around. Number 16 is perspective and appreciation. So tell me, how often is it that you notice your breath or your heartbeat throughout the day? If you have a busy to-do list, are you thinking about your heart? Are you thinking about how many breaths you're taking in 30 seconds? I don't. I don't think about it unless I'm out of breath or if I'm recovering from an illness, or if I'm feeling really jittery from too much caffeine. Sometimes then I can feel my heart racing a little bit too fast. But many times, our wants and needs get fulfilled without notice. We're hungry, we eat. We're tired, we rest. With food allergies, you don't take anything for granted. Every single meal takes consideration, double-checking labels, and when you're done, you appreciate your health and the fact that you are able to eat it successfully. And since you eat multiple times a day, you don't take this for granted. It goes for the little things as well. When you find a new recipe to try, or you discover a new food brand at the store, or just have a tiny win, it is a huge deal. Somewhere along the way in our food allergy journey, our perspective seemed to shift as well. So it was gradual at first, and instead of fearing the needle of an auto-injector, we started to feel more secure when we had the needle with us. Instead of fixating on the loss of experiences and not being able to eat certain foods or go to certain restaurants, we shifted towards mini celebrations when we could find a restaurant that had a menu item that was safe. And we were able to carefully curate a list of acceptable foods. This shift is gradual. The shift also took place from feeling more alone and isolated at the beginning of our journey to one where we started to participate more in the safe space, sometimes online within virtual communities, when our real lives didn't always pan out with the food-inclusive experiences. We found people who understood us and who were probably going through the same thing, and we could share those experiences. Or we would find others who have walked on the journey ahead of us and learn from them. And we were grateful that we found those people so that we could take their experiences and incorporate them into our own. Silver lining number 15 empathy for others' struggles. In a culture of me, 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 it's so easy to lose sight of what matters to other people. And developing a perspective that lets you walk in another person's shoes to experience what they are feeling takes practice. It's a developed skill. We know what that skill looks like because we have experienced it. It's empathy. And the root word comes from Greek, which M is in and pathos is feeling. So it's when you're in the feelings of another person, then you can experience their emotions. So with food allergies, you tend to feel different than other people. You may notice when other people feel different for non-food related reasons. The shared experience of sadness and loneliness at times might be understood by each of you. And that's a natural desire to want to show up and be an ally for the person who's struggling because you feel that pain too. Acknowledging a person and showing them respect not only builds relationships, but it demonstrates empathy too. When people feel seen, heard, respected, or even understood with the struggle they're facing, it really helps people just feel less alone in the struggle. We've all felt like the underdog at some point. When you feel this way, your lens expands you start to notice other people who are in underdog situations. Anyone facing a struggle gets your attention. While it may not be the exact same struggle, it probably isn't even food-related. You can relate to feeling different and sometimes sad or alone. This observation and awareness builds compassion for others facing these challenges. It's a wonderful character trait. While you may sometimes feel like you're on an island, when you know that empathy is feeling for other people, It's so powerful and appreciated. Honestly, it's what keeps the best parts of humanity alive and well. Number 14, learning how to cook. This is a more practical skill, but trusting food prepared outside your own kitchen takes very careful planning, communication, consideration, and just a lot of prep. So many meals, whether they be packaged or made in restaurants, have their own practices that involve potential risks and hazards like cross-contact of food allergens. This scares people enough that sometimes they just opt out and say, I'm going to make my own meal. The skill is built over time with practice, but after a while, there's this sense of accomplishment and pride that comes with making your own food, especially when you find a menu item that just is a hit and one where people who even don't have food allergies want you to make it. Sometimes these skills translate into these custom creations too, where you just open up your cupboard, see what's safe, and then come up with your own thing. And other times, it's just on your own preferred taste, but it's customized. Creativity knows no limits with cooking. It's about sometimes just making up your own adapted recipe, dropping an ingredient here or there, or swapping it out. But either way, it's a satisfying feeling when you can take care of your own needs and learn a new skill along the way. Especially when you get to tailor those ingredients towards what your taste buds prefer while also trying new recipes in that safe environment. It helps you end-to-end manage the process and feel more in control. Really, it's a life skill that many people need, but some just never choose to learn at all. Number 13, courage is constant and failure is forward. People living with food allergies are courageous and strong. Never fully trusting food that nourishes your body because there could be a hidden threat in plain sight. But like I said before, you don't get this opportunity to run away from food because you just keep eating. And with food allergies, the failure is forward. We don't just get to opt out and say, uh, this is too scary. I'm just going to go bury that fear and never face it again. Thank you. No, because your next meal is going to be waiting for you. You will be hungry soon. So you have to fail forward because you need to keep eating. And that's the interesting dynamic with food allergies. It's always a forward facing condition. So when we fail, we get up, we try again, and we are going to screw up, going to say the wrong things, we're going to miss an ingredient, we're going to look silly, and sometimes we're just going to act out of fear if we're misinformed or someone else is misinformed. We're going to have regrets. We just have to dust ourselves off and keep going because we have to keep eating. And that's a constant state of courage. You're overcoming the fear. A fear of failure doesn't prevent you from eating your next meal. In some ways, it's a form of exposure therapy, right? You're facing your fears time and again. Trusting environments, trusting how food is prepared, trusting that the food doesn't come in contact with allergens, trusting the food manufacturers, the schools, the restaurants. It's all part of living and being a part of the world. So you show up and you show up with courage. Number 12, preparedness for life's non-food struggles. Okay, so life is throwing us lots of curveballs, and we are living through them on the daily. That's not going to stop. There's a saying that the only thing constant is change. So if that's the case, then learning to adapt to the complexities and uncertainties ahead of time, it requires a lot of skill, and we got to keep calm and carry on. There's this term. In the 1990s, the U.S. Army coined it. It's called VUCA. It stands for Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, and Ambiguous. Doesn't that just sum up food allergies? Oh my goodness. Every social event in the future presents new challenges and opportunities to handle the moments, and it is up to us on how we navigate. So we get a lot of practice, these skills of resilience training and collaboration, strategic planning, problem solving. All of these skills are learned in these VUCA moments. That very skill that's taught in the military Translates as well to be applied towards so many non food related struggles. Our brains come to expect that these ambiguous, complex, volatile situations are going to show up. It's up to each of us to figure out how we're going to solve these puzzles. This is such a valuable skill that we sometimes don't even realize we're building it. Number 11, gratitude comes naturally. Okay, this goes with perspective and appreciation but it extends to circumstances outside of food. When someone acknowledges your food allergy that you feel is invisible, or they ask you about what you can have, they make an effort to keep you safe, maybe they even just remember your specific circumstances. Any of these gestures that show kindness and consideration, you remember those. And you're very grateful for that level of support because it acknowledges and validates your struggle. It shows that a person is not only listening, but they're feeling what you are going through. And you're grateful for these people who get it. They tend to send you pictures of ingredient labels that they want to make sure you see ahead of a social gathering, or they're thinking of you, they want to bring a food item, but they want to make sure it's safe. You're grateful for these new food brands that you discover in the grocery store, or when a law is passed, you cheer and you feel more seen. The journey of food allergies is such a struggle at times. When something good happens, you really do stop and reflect. And you're grateful for the people who have walked before you because you know their struggles are paving the way for meaningful change. Each little or big win that you face, you celebrate. You're also showing that gratitude. With food allergy research and all of these discoveries that will continue to take place and hopefully emerge in the coming years, It's going to bring us more opportunities for our community to really show that these forces for good are mobilizing around building inclusive experiences. For that, we can definitely be grateful. Silver lining number 10, eating healthier. Many people without food allergies do not ever read the ingredients on a label. Sure, they may look at the sugar, the calorie, or the fat content briefly, but just stop there. It's easy to ignore the rest of the label. And all the words that are really hard to pronounce anyways, especially when the food labels contain more than just a handful of ingredients. But when you live with food allergies, there's an appreciation for simplicity when possible. In fact, the fewer words of ingredient labels, the better. Labels with easy to understand words, and they don't seem to be laden with a lot of chemicals, even better. Shopping for whole ingredients when putting together a meal, this is pretty ideal because you can trust the source, And these habits are appreciated by the food allergy community as a way to stay safe first. But the added silver lining here is that your body also thanks you because you're eating a cleaner diet. Number nine, learning how to advocate. So when you find your voice in the food allergy space, it's a skill that everyone adopts. And it's not something that is reserved for outgoing personalities. When safety is at risk, your personality types actually don't matter. It's not about preventing this skill from forming. It's figuring out the best way to get the facts and find the way to ask the questions and get the answers. For the most shy people, they still need to know the facts, how the food is prepared. And they're not going to just trust the situation without asking the questions. So as a caregiver, you know your child best for sure. And what works for one person might not work for another. When you focus on the facts and the outcome of safety that you're trying to drive, you can stay solution-oriented in your approach with that spirit of collaboration, and all of these are the skills that you gain in protecting yourself or your loved one when living with food allergies. All of those skills wrapped up together are really what learning how to advocate means. Silver lining number eight, being an organized planner. Okay, true confession time. I'm one of those people who thrives in organized chaos. You know the type. You look at their desk, it appears to be a really big mess. But in my mind, these are the visual cues that are my reminders for what needs to be done. So it doesn't overwhelm me at all. In fact, I know it, where everything goes and what needs to be done first, second, and third. And really, it helps prevent that out of sight, out of mind mentality. But my husband, on the other hand, this is not his love language. He loves clutter free, clean surfaces. And according to him, everything has a place. Otherwise, throw it out. So this is a pendulum in our household that swings really far one way and really far the other way. It's actually pretty comical to watch at times because definitely a point of discord in our marriage, but we figure it out. I try to simplify and declutter and slow down, but I do this like it's like a marathon day. And then the heaps of to-dos always just seem to pile up twice as quickly. So, I've come to accept that this season of life with kids is sticking around. I need to just always be in that mode that I'm playing catch up. It doesn't stress me out as much because I can't beat it. And I just have to try the best I can to prioritize and just say no more often. Okay, so all that said, I'm a big work in progress there. But when it comes to food allergies, I'm as organized as they come. I pre plan the meals, I'm super proactive with communication. I read labels thoroughly. I stay on track with the medical appointments, and I'm coordinating amongst different providers to ensure that specialists know the full picture. Every aspect that involves food, I'm all over. No matter the style of personality, food allergies force you to pay attention and get organized because the natural consequences are too big. These allergic reactions, they channel our fears into this level of control that is so upright and thorough. That I've turned it into a silver lining because I look at my countertops and I have to remind myself that while it may look like I'm a hot mess, I do have a plan and I am executing it well because our kids are eating, they're growing, and they're thriving. So I'm going to pat myself on the back and I'm going to pat all of you on the back too if you can relate to any of this. Number seven, part of a community. This might not be a club you ever wanted to be a part of, but here you are. Food allergy families have an immediate bond that forms because of the unique lens that we have on life. It's hard to explain food allergies to people who don't walk the journey because food is just a part of life. It's everywhere. It presents itself as a top-of-mind concern multiple times a day. Honestly, it never falls to the back burner, and that can be so exhausting. The solidarity and togetherness that comes from this village that can lift you up and give you words that your brain just cannot find, is so necessary. No frustrating circumstance is too petty to bring up. No win is too small to celebrate. The highs and lows of food allergies are experienced and appreciated by this community, and the bonds are genuine. When you're in the trenches together and you're part of the food allergy community, there are no strangers. It's an incredible amount of vulnerability that people bring And it immediately goes to the most authentic communication and these raw emotions, and ultimately to rally and support. Silver lining number six, humanity shows up. People are busy. We're distracted and often consumed by our own to-do lists, worries, and circumstances. Sometimes it feels like we're human doings instead of just human beings. We're all speeding by each other, running from one activity to the next, From one social media like to another, from one stranger walking by on a street to another, we don't even notice each other. It feels like we're moving so quickly. Sometimes it just feels like our food allergy struggles are also invisible. When someone acknowledges it, compliments us, or just supports us, and even stops to listen or ask a question, it feels like a major win. Humanity showing up for each other is common in the food allergy space. I call these moments of grace or just the courteous goodwill towards others. It looks like an acknowledgement of the struggle, an act of kindness, no matter how small, somebody purchasing a product that's safe and including you in the fun experience. Let me tell you a fun story. When my kids experienced their first hot lunch at school, this took our son until the fourth grade to build his confidence. Everyone in our life celebrated. We put it out there on social media and people from all walks of our life showed up and clapped to celebrate the moment. They understood that something seemingly so small was absolutely huge for our family. And sometimes the least expected of voices surprise you when that person stops what they're doing to say something because you're not even sure if they're paying attention. I've learned from this journey that paying it forward actually does matter too. Paying attention to other people's stories and their struggles makes a difference. And also paying attention to their wins and celebrating alongside of them. Just showing up with a nod of support, it matters so much and it takes so little because it helps you feel seen with your struggle and victorious with your win. Even if it's just eating hot lunch for the first time, it's not just hot lunch, it's a victory. Other examples where just humanity has shown up are when sports parents will text me and ask, are these ingredients safe if I brought these snacks after practice is over for the group, for the team? Or if a birthday party host texts me and says, here's the cake we're going to get. Is this safe or can I get cupcakes or something that is also safe in addition to the cake? or even a teacher who offers me their personal phone number for safety reassurance when they're in the classroom that I can connect with them if needed. This level of personal attention is so valuable and these are all examples of where humanity is showing up. Number five, the focus on social change. When there is a cause bigger than yourself and you are passionate about it, that leaves a lot of room for hope. Hope lifts us out of the darkness and shows promise for better days. Even if the need for change feels overwhelming, when you advocate for your needs, educate others about food allergies, or you see a person learn and change their own approach to food allergies for the better, you cannot help but feel inspired. The journey is so long and the struggle is ever going, but there is a promise of better days ahead where food allergy treatments will be pervasive and they'll be treatable and maybe even. Someday curable. These medical advancements are starting to gain new traction, research funding, and just the right level of support. These forces for good are mobilizing around this common goal for social change in the public health space. Private and public institutions alike, along with corporate organizations, are recognizing these needs for inclusivity more than ever. Clinical trials are ongoing, and each of these doses are doses of hope where we can shine a light towards better days ahead and it helps unite each of us in a larger vision for social change. Silver lining number four, creative problem solving. For a caregiver who seeks answers, a plan, and safe boundaries, the food allergy journey can feel like getting stuck in a maze over and over and over again. Every time you turn to get out of the maze, you hit a wall. You become so good at thinking outside the box and thinking outside of the maze and expecting the barrier that it turns you into this proactive planner with so many contingencies that are built in. Cake is served at a birthday party. No problem. We'll bring popsicles as well for the kids. We have a potluck for an outdoor picnic. We've been asked to bring something. We will provide a safe appetizer and we'll pack our own picnic basket and bring meals on wheels. Okay, now our sports team wants to celebrate at an unsafe restaurant after a game. Oof. Well, we're going to show up for the fun. We're going to bond as a team and we'll eat later. And that athlete of ours will make sure that he gets a special treat when he gets home. What about that big haul of Halloween candy where two-thirds of it's not safe? Well, we can give it to the switch witch who takes the candy and brings a non-food treat as an exchange. And this has turned into a new tradition that our kids love. And honestly, the parents are happy too because less candy means less cavities. These examples are never-ending. And once we figure out one life hack, we just keep rinsing and repeating until it becomes our new normal. So we're to the point in our family where our son says he doesn't even feel bad anymore when a cake is served that he can't eat. He's come to expect that he'll get his fair share of some kind of treat later. And he says he'd rather just hang out with his friends instead of just thinking too much about the food he's missing out on. It might be a coping mechanism, honestly, for him, but he also knows that he can come home and have a few Oreos as a special treat. And this type of creative problem solving comes so naturally now to him that it has really shifted us to feel like we have formed better, healthier, more productive connections in our relationship to food allergies. These problems, these challenges are ones to be solved rather than ones where we can feel defeated. It becomes a quest a brain teaser, and even a bit of a puzzle that we expect is coming our way. So it's up to us to brainstorm for fun ways out of our maze. Number three, resourceful and scrappy. When you're wired for problem solving to build towards inclusive experiences, there is a wisdom of the crowd's approach that you learn to appreciate. You learn which resources to rely upon. You're not afraid to dig in and ask questions and more questions and just dig in until you seek answers and just see how other people are navigating this issue. You are thinking out of the box. You save interesting blogs and articles that might relate to a future situation you might face. You look for mentors who have walked ahead of you in life, those who just have seemed to figure it out. You start to notice, appreciate, and even curate the best life hacks that ease the experience of living with food allergies. Even if they're not helpful to your life stage today, you might even forward them to your future self. Did you know you can schedule emails to be sent into the future, by the way? This is a great hack I do all the time. I use this tip because I know that I might come across a brilliant gem for parenting, but maybe it's not relevant to our journey quite yet. When you find a good life hack, you are pretty proud of yourself because it's a rewarding part of the struggle when you think about a solution in a clever way. And it reminds us of our own capabilities to overcome hard times. I recently came across a really fun life hack that I think more people should know about. It's a portable microwave lunchbox. So instead of packing cold lunches, which is usually how I think about a lunch on the go, it allows you to bring hot lunches anywhere where there's an electrical outlet or even an outlet in a car. It's a game changer. Now you can heat up your leftovers or keep food that's not just soup hot. This is one of those scrappy solutions where you feel like you're bringing your kitchen with you. You're no longer just trying to spin the pinwheel of meal options on the go. It opens up a huge variety of possibilities. When you learn to be scrappy and you bring snacks everywhere, or you proactively think about food dangers, it just builds this level of intuition and scrappiness where you are trained to just think on the fly, especially when your bases are not covered and you're not sure what the food situation is you'll be walking into. Food allergy caregivers are so, so good at this, and I think of it almost as duct-taping our way through life. Silver lining number two, delayed gratification. Sorry, you can't have that food. We'll get you a treat when we get home. I'm sorry, bud. That cupcake isn't safe. Nope, that hot lunch won't work. It's okay. We'll send in something that does. You know what? We'll stop and grab something in a bit from the store. I'm sorry, sweetie, the store is out of that product you love. We're going to try a couple places, but it actually might take a little longer. People with food allergies are used to hearing these types of things all the time. They're used to being inconvenienced. That's the sad reality. But if we stop there, then it's just a sad story. Having to make these accommodations is not ideal, but in reality, it happens a lot. We live in a pretty impulsive society. Just look at the amount of fast food chains everywhere you go. And for people who live with food allergies, most of these experiences cannot be spontaneous and they can't be just eating out on the go because it requires careful planning, intentional communication, and some creativity. This skill of waiting to speak to a chef or waiting to get a call back from a manufacturer or an email on how a food is processed and if there are those hidden ingredients in spices or natural flavoring or waiting to participate in an oral food challenge, or waiting to get a call on a clinical trial that you hope to be participating in. For people living with food allergies, waiting is an expected part of the journey. We're still waiting to see if there will be a cure. Let me tell you a little story. We were told by the food allergy community and even our food allergists that our son would outgrow his egg allergy by age 5. He's almost 10 years old now. We decided that we needed to try another route. So we went with oral immunotherapy or OIT our son is gradually participating in OIT which is a process that through slow and steady desensitization which involves him consuming a tiny bit of egg protein that's fed to him through an oral syringe and he takes this same amount daily and then every 2 weeks he gradually increases that amount and continues to take the next level daily for the next 2 weeks and then updoses and then continues for the next two weeks, and then up doses. And this gradual increase over time is going to allow him to be strong enough to have his body tolerate a full serving of a whole egg. To put it in perspective on his day one appointment, as they call it, that's what they call the first oral challenge to find the baseline on where you're going to start your microdosing of the daily egg. Our son reacted with some repetitive vomiting. After 0. 0.000135 of an egg, put another way, he could tolerate 13 of an egg. If you put a pen on a piece of paper and then drew a life-size picture of an egg, that dot from the pen would probably even be too big. We've been told that it will be a process that could take up to a year to complete the oral immunotherapy, but it's well worth the effort, and we're going to wait. If it means that he can eat foods that may contain eggs, traces of eggs, or even those that do contain eggs. From the beginning, the food allergist primed the conversation to say, if you want to quit, try and replace that thinking with going lower and slower. Lower the dose, slow down the process to not rush the updosing. Instead of updosing biweekly or every 10 days as some families do, we could even stretch it out to even go further. And only come back every three weeks. Is it a long term commitment? Absolutely. But in the investment of time, money, and energy over this entire process, it's going to pay off for his lifetime. We're keeping our eye on the prize, which of course means we're planning on a cake baked with real eggs. And that's just one example of so many times that in the food allergy community, we have been trained to expect that delayed gratification. Last but not least, the number one silver lining learning character-building life skills. We talk about people's unique differences, how everyone has their thing that they struggle with, how mistakes are part of our learning process, how we're going to grow and get stronger daily because all of our experiences are priming us for growth, how to be responsible for carrying our medicine, the importance of being detail-oriented with looking at labels, having to find the courage to tell someone you have food allergies, learning how to forgive others, and the list goes on and on and on. Each time you face a struggle, you're growing. There's a saying that a rubber band never returns to the same size once you stretch it out. Stretch it too far and it will snap, right? Yeah, that's not the goal, people. We want to gradually grow. In order to do this, we have to just walk our walk and stick to our journey. And while we don't always know where we're going and we don't always feel secure and safe, we know that even after our worst meltdowns or even our worst reactions, that there are always things we take away into our new experiences and that we are growing. We are human. The full range of emotions is ours to experience, but each of those moments are serving as opportunities for us to reflect and build them into our character. And this is probably my favorite silver lining because it wraps up everything we've been talking about and tells you that if you continue to grow then all of these silver linings and all of these skills are ones that you take away from the food allergy struggle and that you can apply along the entire course of your life when you face other non-food-related struggles. And that is the beauty and the blessing in disguise. Until next time. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also visit feedyourcan.com to grab a freebie or subscribe to our newsletter. Remember, feed your can because some foods you just can't.